What is your response when you sense someone and that person would be viewed as a threat? Uneasy. Uneasy? Tense. Tense? She ran away. <laughs> oh. Oh. Vigilance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, sorry. I, yes, absolutely. Anyone else? Presence is a powerful thing. Presence is a powerful thing. When you sense a threat, like at my job this week, there was actually, my office is at the intersection of a three-way, or three-lane one-way and a three-lane one-way. It's the most dangerous corner in Sacramento. Look it up. And two groups of people got in a fight on either side of that street. And then they got in the middle of the street when I say groups, I'm not talking one and one. I'm talking groups. And, of course, I'm taking my daily little walk over to the mall, which is the Mini Mart. It's a joke, if you don't. Okay, it's the Mini Mart, the mall. To go over to get my daily refrigerated beverage for $1. And I have to walk through that. And I'm thinking... A wise person would probably turn around and go back and go to the other mini-mart. But I don't want to go to the other mini-mart. Yeah, that's true. And I have to cross two intersections, not one. And I have to go under the freeway, which is like walking through some people's homes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? But here's the most important presence that you can ever sense, and that's knowing that God is present. Now, what is presence? Well, it's the state of fact of being present with others or in a place. It can mean attendance or company. You know, when you get that formal invitation that says your presence is requested. Okay, I'll send my... And sometimes they really mean P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. They really don't want you. They just want the money. Think about it. Think about it. Sometimes presence means immediate uh, vicinity or someone's close proximity, I guess, would be a good term to use. Um, In the presence of witnesses, you know, you've been at a wedding. In the presence of these witnesses, you didn't know you were witnessing something. Um, When the military moves into a country, it's a military presence, or when we send aid to a country, it's an economic presence. In other words, it's, it's an influence, if you will. Uh, when you are around a great person, the personal vicinity, the presence, like a presence of a king, we would act differently if we were in the presence of a king. Sorry, I'm like my, our grandkids. I think they handed it off to me yesterday. Four grandkids all sick. It's beautiful. And uh, sometimes presence is that ability to project a sense of ease, of poise. That's, that's what the girls were saying about Jill. She, has, she comes into a place and just brings peace. 
and that, that's presence. So let's talk about, remember we're in a promises series, and today I want to talk about presence and protection. Got your notes? Here we go. Number one, we have the promise of his presence. The promise of his presence. Psalm says this, Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Think about it. Mike, I was uh, 13 years old or 14. I was in Washington, D.C. And suddenly a motorcade came down Pennsylvania Avenue and a bunch of motorcycles and then a bunch of official cars and then the presidential limousine came down the street and then a bunch of cars and it went by and this this gives me away Richard Nixon was the face in their obvious profile some of you are going to go home and look up who was Richard Nixon <laughs> and what was his profile and I remember as a young person being in awe of a motorcade And, you know, we didn't bow on the street or anything like that. But it, it was such, it, it, was, it was something that kind of uh, rattled the norm. Well, that's Richard Nixon, and we all know what happened there. But it says, who may enter your presence on the holy hill? In other words, who can come in the presence of God? And the psalmist writes, those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Okay, we have a promise of his presence in the face of adversity. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, I don't think this is in your notes till later, but I'm going to throw it in here too. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or dread or be in dread of them. This is their enemies. This is what God is saying to the children of Israel. You're going into the promised land. You view them as big people. You view them as strong people. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Remember I shared with you last week what leave and forsake means. Leave means to physically abandon Forsake means to be emotionally distant. God makes it very clear every time he says this, I will physically be present. But you can be physically present but not emotionally attended. Just ask anybody who's married and their spouse has Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or friends. Right? I, I, I'm not, not pointing fingers, but it's true. You're there physically, but you're, you're not attendant. Apparently, I'm the only one that does that. <laughs> Forgive me for I've sinned. Uh, the good news about this is it's a complete and timeless promise in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. It says, God assured us, I will not let you down. I'll never walk off and never leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what, who or what can get to me. 
I'll never depart you physically. You'll say, but, but God is not physically present. Oh, yes, he is. Not in the sense in which we think, okay, I can reach out and touch him, but he's closer to us than our breath. What will he do? He causes his spirit to dwell where? In us. That's the closest. In us, I'm a physical thing, and it says his spirit is, I'm physical. He's inside there. That's about as close as you. In fact, he gets so close, he says, I'll get beyond just the body level. I'll get beyond the mind level. I'm going to go all the way to the core of your being. In fact, I'll fill your spirit. In fact, when I show up, your spirit will come back to life. Now do you know where I'm going? You know, did you know that we are created for his presence to enjoy and experience him? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Can you imagine... A perfect people in a perfect place in perfect communion with God every evening after supper, dinner, wherever you're from, they get to go on a walk with God. And they weren't created with all knowledge. They weren't created with all wisdom. They weren't created with all understanding. But they didn't need to because they got the encyclopedia God in living form that said, okay, what happened today that you ran into that you didn't understand? What a daily review. Well, we ran into this. Well, let me tell you when you run into that again how to handle it. Well, then we did this. This, what's going on there? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is how I work. Can you catch that? Can you catch that? We were created to, that's how day was supposed to be. You didn't know it all, but you had the one who did right there. And so you, you had an evening date. I have good news. You're still created to experience his presence every moment of every day. He's closer to you than your breath. So when you're walking in at work and you've got that situation, you know that situation. You know the one I'm talking about. How do I handle this? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's that simple. But most of us think, well, I'll try to figure it out because I don't want to bother him. Like I don't want to dial a Jesus because it's $2.99 a minute. That was funny. <laughs> right? We, we all have that, and we all have the access. He has promised. In fact, you're designed to walk with me, and, and we're, you're designed to ask me, and, and, and I've decided that I'll answer when you ask.
We were designed to walk in close relationship. Look at Genesis chapter 5. This isn't in your notes, but jot it down. Genesis 5. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 360 years. So he was 365. And it says that for the 365 years that he lived, he was walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. That's pretty close. You know, God has the on-ramp to go back to his place, and Enoch just kept walking on it. Now, it's interesting for those of you that say, yeah, that's nice, Mark, you're making all that up. The Hebrew word there for walking with God meant to go with God. Do you know we're dependent on his presence? Do you know we're dependent? In Genesis chapter 4, it says, Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. This is to Cain. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain immediately knew something. Look at his response. He replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and... From your presence. He knew immediately. It wasn't, you've, you've canceled my bank account. You've, you've canceled my God ATM card. It wasn't any of that. He said, you, the worst thing you've done here is, I'll no longer walk in your presence. I will no longer have a daily counselor or advisor or daily resource or best yet, I won't have a friend. You know, the scripture teaches us we're also guided by his presence. In Psalms 89, it says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence. Why do you need light? Because it's dark. We, four years ago, in a couple of months, moved into a new house. We left one we'd built and lived in for 16 years. So obviously, 16 years prior, so 20 years ago now, I was younger. And so I had memorized it's so many steps out the bedroom, and it's here, you turn right, and it's so many steps downstairs. And please don't go downstairs fast because you'll run into the counter of the kitchen, and that's painful. Immediately left or right. Okay, that's, I still, we still own that house, but our kids live there, but I still, it's there because I was younger and I could remember all that. We moved into the new house and it's a single floor, so I don't have to fall downstairs anymore. And it has one of these poles right here to kind of set off an area. And as you come out of our bedroom, if you slightly veer right, there it is. Our house for two people has more nightlights We have one that's like a high beam in the guest bathroom that's all the way down the hall that when you come out of our room, you can see it. We have one in the grandkids' room because Brecky likes a little bit of light. We have one in the hall. And of course, we had a dog that was sort of blind. She was 17. So there's another one of those little LED that you can, you know what I'm talking about? You can move it around so we aimed it where it was easy for her. And then they came out with those plug covers that have LED lights. And they were on sale on the Facebook. And then they were on sale on ads on the Facebook. 
And then Home Depot got a big box of them. Well, I could resist the Facebook, but I can't resist Home Depot. And I came home with a couple, and they're really tough to install. You take off the old cover. It says turn off the breaker. Why? Just stick it on there and hope you hit it right. Put the screw on there. Wow, that's cool. Little light. So there's what? One, two, and then, oh, let's go. Oh, they got another. Now the price went down. Let's get some more. I'm not making this up. Then our laundry room, there's another headlight one that used to sit and point where the dog door was so the 17-year-old blind dog could see her way out through the dog door. Then there's, an, there's one or two in the garage over the dog door so she could see her way outside. And then guess what I put outside? All these low-voltage lights so we can find our way around. You know why I want it? Because one thing I've noticed about my eyes is I can read when there's great difference in, in the dark font and bright light. I can see. But if you put me back where you're sitting, we're in serious trouble because the notes won't read anything. Right? Look at what he promised us. We walk in the light of your presence. Write this in your notes, just a reference, Exodus 33. One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. But you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. That's nice. If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember, by the way, that this nation is your people. And listen to what the Lord said. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you. I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. You see, God's presence in that situation was the difference maker. If we read on, it says, Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For, listen to this, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. That is a reference you need to write down. It's not your rules for righteous living. Which unfortunately in many cases that's what the church became known for. I grew up with the don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with girls that do. <laughs> if there wasn't a rule for it, we invented it. I'm just being honest with you. I, I grew up that if you, pool, I don't mean swimming pool, pool. Boom. And I remember the first time we went to one of our church council members' house and they had a pool table in their family room. Oh my, dear Jesus, please don't come today. Please don't come today. I don't want to be here. Please don't come today. Please don't come today. How many remember that about, do you want to go to the theater and have Jesus find you there? And then Billy Graham, then Billy Graham started putting his films in the theater. Oh. 
Somehow we got the idea that if we had more rules, that would make us stand apart. It's all the way back here. It says, what makes you different is you walk with the presence of God. What do people sense about you? Your rules know that they sense the presence of God. They sense, wow, how is that person walking in peace with everything they're going through? It's because you have the... You're catching it. Yes. Yes. You can face what you face because you have the presence of God. You can go through deep waters because you have the presence of God. And it's a testimony that he is with you. This young lady right here is going through a tough season. But she's one of the most amazing testimonies to me because you're so sweet and you're always so happy. And I know why. Because she has the presence of God. It's it's astounding. It's astounding. It's what happens. You walk with the presence of God. It sets you apart. And here's the good news. God promised that he'd be with you. I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. (laughs) Number two. The plane's landing. I got to get going. Um, There are some benefits of God's presence. Psalm 16, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you. Forever. One of those promises is mentioned right there in that verse. It says the joy of his presence. Let me just distinguish joy and happiness. There's some days I'm happy. I'm always happy when there's chocolate chip cookies. I'm not happy when somebody takes the chips out and puts raisins in there and tries to trick me. Oatmeal, oatmeal, in or out, it doesn't matter. If that's what it takes, we're weak people. Um, you, you, my, my point is, and, and I'll eat any cookie, but hey, I ate a, I ate a tarantula in Cambodia, so hey, what can raisins do to me? <laughs> I'll have to put a picture in one of my teachings of me eating a, a stir-fried tarantula. They call them spiders. They were just like, tasted just like chicken. Anyway, my point in telling the cookie story, which obviously split the church, well, half of us will be here next week. Um, anyway. The point of that was this. Happiness is based on happenstance. It's where the word comes from. Hap, circumstance. But joy is not based on hap. The promise, his presence brings us joy. Psalms 21.6. You have endowed him with eternal blessings and given him the joy, circle it, of your presence. Psalms 5, 11, and 12. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Okay, refuge, that's presence. 
Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. That's a pretty good promise right there. Second is there when we, he is present, we have provision. Provision is B. And maybe you don't have a B, right? I don't know. I wrote the notes. Doesn't mean I know them. Psalms 37, 25 says, once I was young, now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. 2 Corinthians 9.10, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. C, possession. Psalms 37, turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. That's a pretty neat thing. Now you say, does that mean I get 160 acres? No, it means you get a universe. I shared with you before, that when you understand the concept of heaven, it's more than just escaping hell and joining a choir. But it's the fact that you have been training here to rule and reign with Christ. And when you realize that heaven is a place that you get to fulfill your design potential without limitations, you'll be excited when you get there. I'm thinking about heaven because my dad, bless his heart, he left us at age 54. He sang one solo in church. It was a church he'd pastored for eight years. He'd practiced that song every Sunday. And the people came up to him and said, Pastor, why do you sing more? He said, I've been rehearsing this song for eight years to get it on key. My dad was a joyful noiser. He sang songs for years, just walking around. And it was years after he was gone. One day I was singing something and I go, that's what song he was singing. He just bellowed out, Christ arose, and I was picturing Christ a flower. And he, was, he was humming the whole up from the grave, he arose. And when he got to the last line, Christ arose, he, then he blurted out. But you didn't recognize the, the tune. Well, guess what? He, he was joyful, and guess what he's going to get in heaven? A tuner. And so my mom won't have to be playing the piano louder to drown him out. Which she did. We're promised peace and comfort. That's a benefit of his presence. Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, I shared with you a different version earlier. I will never <laughs> fail you. I will never abandon you. Next, we're given the promise of protection. Promise of protection. As you read the verses here, there's some different things we recognize. First of all, we're given protection from those with evil intent, from those who conspire against us and who slander us. Psalms 31, you hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. Have you ever had anybody conspire against you? It's painful, isn't it? It's painful. And it says, God says, I will hide you in the shelter of my presence, safe from those who conspire. 
You sheltered them in your presence far away from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love. He has kept me safe when my city was under attack. We found that to be true when our family was under attack. Do you know that we can be encouraged by the memory of God's presence in past times? Psalms 42, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is David in a downtime writing back. I remember we went to church and I actually got to lead the choir. And boy, did I experience God's presence. And that remembrance of his presence gave him hope for what he was facing right then. Sometimes we need to remember. You remember how God shows up in something, then you have an idea that maybe he's going to show up again. And he will. We've been rescued from every trap, Psalms 91. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. As we continue to read Psalms 91, we see we're protected even by his promises. Verse 4, his faithful promises are my armor and protection. That's why I wanted to start the year with promises. I want us to get those things in our spirit, that this is what God said I'll do for you. This is what I'll give you. This is what I'll do when I'm with you each and every day. It will protect you through 2020. And beyond. Do not be afraid of terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand are dying around you. Those evils will not touch you. That is a great, great promise. Ephesians 6 puts it into the New Testament perspective. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the devil in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing, still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. Listen to this verse. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to protect the, to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Problem is, when you read something in a different version, it's tough. Where does the, where does faith protect? Where's the shield held? It protects your heart. Faith protects your heart. Faith protects your heart. What is your heart? It's not the beating thing, although it's good to have one of those too. Four out of four people surveyed recommended having one that works. But when we talk about heart, we talk about that center, that core of who we are, that when we met Jesus it came back to life. It's the center. It's, it's, it's the mark that will continue. And faith protects an attack on my heart. 
Look what else it says, but put on salvation as your helmet. If you have to skip over to 1 Thessalonians 5.8 to understand what the helmet is, it says the hope of salvation is a helmet. What does hope do? It protects your mind. You look at people who have no hope. What goes on in their head? Despair, gloom, discouragement, all of those kinds of things. Another promise is the promise of rest. I skipped verse 1 of Psalm 91 as we read through it because it reminds us of this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 1 Kings says, Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave or abandon us. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all his commands, decrees, regulations that he gave to his ancestors. You all know the stories of the eagles, and some of you would tell them better than me. But when you look at where the eagles build their nests, they build them really high, where when the eaglets are, the eggs are laid and then they're hatched, they're safe pretty much from all predators. But the problem is, sometimes when it's hard to get there, it's also hard to get out especially when you don't know how to fly. And the picture of Psalms 91 is this, I like to picture it as a huge granite, kind of a half dome, steep side thing, or El Capitan, and way up there is this nest. And the eaglets are there, and they're in that nest, and that's their little world, and it's warm, and it... It was a nest that was built with care and love by the parents, and it's built with twigs and thorns and thistles and sharp things. And then the parents take out the down feathers and line it so it's nice and comfortable. And that's the home to which they're born. And when they get hungry, they open their mouth and they look up and what do they see? Mom is sure big. Because it's the only perspective they have is up. And when mom's standing on the edge of that nest and does the thing with the nine foot wingspan, mom or dad is sure big. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Look up and see how big God is, and you'll find rest. The things you worry about, you'll find rest. The things that scare you, 
you'll find rest because you'll realize that God is bigger than your world. God promised his presence and his protection. Father, thank you that you're closer to us than our breath. Thank you that you designed us with our spirit, the center of us, and a place for your spirit to be resident so you would be available 24-7, closer than our breath. At a moment's notice, we can say, God, I need help. I'm glad you asked. I'm right here. Thank you for your presence that gives us joy and peace and gives us guidance and direction. And thank you for the promise of your presence that protects us from all the evil that might come against us. Thank you for that, Lord. We give honor and praise to your name today, in Christ's name. Amen.